All right, are we all good to continue? Yep. Nabel. 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 I think I just found my um, little sound bite for the opener. Welcome to Above the Horizontal, a podcast about rugby league. I'm your host, Bo Nicholson. This is a show by the fans, for the fans, where we will be discussing the two grand finals this week. The NRL between the Panthers and the Eels, and the NRLW between the Knights and the Eels, again. Before that, we'd like to give out our wildcard awards to discuss something interesting we noticed during the week. Thanks to all the new listeners. In the last two months, we've had five of our six most downloaded episodes, so we're really appreciating everyone who is tuning in. Thank you so much. Don't forget to subscribe so you can get some rugby league chat without the media agendas, just whatever individual agendas we are driving at the time. And I have a full house of above the horizontal panelists to drive those agendas. Miles Stebman is among them. Miles, are you excited for <laughs> grand final week? Love how as soon as you mention agendas, you go straight to me. <laughs> That's the, I mean, it's, it's, it's been so long since we've had you here and uh, <laughs> it's, it's not long before you start jet setting off to Europe again to leave us. And you're actually, yeah, like you, you might not be able to see the grand final live. Uh, I probably will be able to see it live. I still haven't done all the time math that's required. Um, I'm just, uh, I assume usually these days the NRL for big games like, like State of Origin, they throw up one of those, you know, if you're overseas, this is what time you'll be watching mm-hmm. sort of thing. So I'm kind of waiting for that, but I probably should sort of figure it out. I'll be in Barcelona, I think, the day of the game. It's just about what time it'll be on then and whether or not I'll be on the go or not travelling or, or just staying put. Interesting. I thought you'd be pretentious enough to say Barcelona instead of Barcelona, but you've decided to go the, no. the regular route. That's, that's good stuff. Good stuff. We also have Chris Waring here. Chris, how are you this evening? Yeah, good, mate. I'll be watching the grand final in um, Western Sydney, so it doesn't quite compare, but um, yeah, doing well otherwise. Much of a time dif- difference out there or nah? <laughs> yeah, well, well, yeah, well, we are we are a different city to the rest of you know the real Sydney, as some would say. But I think time comparison is still the same. Well, it is a Western Sydney Grand Final, of course, with three of the teams that I mentioned all coming from that region. But the other team is from Newcastle, and that is Daniel Friend's favourite team. Friendy, are you excited for the NRLW final this week? I'm very pumped, yeah. I think the girls have been absolutely flying. They've done a great job in their first um, big season in the NRLW, so well done to the girls, and I'll be cheering them on on Sunday. Absolutely. And Kieran Gibson, you and I are in Brisbane, a bit more removed from the whole situation, but have you got grand final fever? I do, I do. Um, It's obviously got similar vibes to the Broncos-Cowboys game in in 2015, and um, I'm expecting hopefully as good a game, if not better, this weekend. Better than that game would be unreal and would make... The Cowboys losing, just go down that little bit better. None of us got our bold predictions last week. Uh, a few of us were let down by a few different try scorers. Uh, Friendy probably got the closest with the Panthers winning 18 plus and Toe Otter score twice. He did score once, but not twice. So bad luck, Friendy. 
the rest of us are a big mess. But let's talk about wildcard awards. For any new listeners, this is where we make up a, a, an award completely off the top of our heads regarding something that we've noticed throughout the week that could be interesting or funny. So I'm going to go with Kieran. Kieran, what is your wildcard award this week? So this week, I've got the Neutral Supporter Wins This Weekend Award, which goes to all neutrals watching the GF this weekend without a vested interest in who wins as they are neutral. Um, I'm super keen for this one, even if Klein is refereeing. But what's what's the Chad got to do to get his shot? He knows the rules back to front. Uh, I, I do think this will be an, an instant classic, but not the Fox League instant classic kind. Oh, so many in jokes all in one award. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that, Kieran. Uh, it will be a spectator's dream having the uh, you know the Ashley Klein refereed grand final. Uh, being between two. Very big rivals. More on that soon. Miles Stedman, before you head off to Barcelona, do you have a wildcard award for me? Well, the new fan, I mean, the, the new fans have probably stopped listening already after all the in jokes that Kieran shoved in there, but <laughs> we're still around. You should know that Miles is never prepared enough to have a wildcard award, but uh, I am sort of prepared in the fact that this could be maybe the combined, maybe the biggest week in Parramatta Rugby League history. They've got the the um, obviously the men in the grand final, first time since 1980s. I know they last won in 1986. I think it's the first time since then they've been in the grand final too. Um, no, 2001, sorry. 2009. 2009 was. Yeah, twice since. Anyway. Um, and obviously the first time. Don't the, let facts get in the way of a good story, Miles. <laughs> no, no, exactly. I mean, the way they carry on, it's basically like they haven't anyway. So, um, <laughs> yeah, this could be one of those weeks where it's just uh, I, I remember, like I know um, myself, a few Eels and Panthers fans out there, and obviously a few Swans fans living in Sydney. Um, and I remember the last time the Swans lost a grand final, I think probably twenty fourteen or thirteen. Um, all the all the the NRL fans from then that lost their grand final too. Um, maybe we know some of them. It was just an absolutely wretched week. So mm-hmm. if you're an Eels fan out there, this could maybe be the best week of your life or it could maybe even be the worst. Yes, I have. Uh, we have a few uh, Panthers mutual friends and they are very confident, but I think also like a little bit scared as well of losing to the Eels, their biggest rivals. And uh, oh, yeah. they have very dark threats being made <laughs> um, <laughs> among our friendship group. But best uh, not talking about that. Chris Waring, let's talk about your wildcard award instead. What is it this week? All right, I'm going the Bright Eyes Award. It's going to the Parramatta fan that was on screen. I'm sure you all saw him. The bloke, he looks exactly like fucking Art Garfunkel. And (laughs) uh, he was in, I just thought it was a nice kind of, I guess, um, you know, uh, encapturing, you know, what it means to certain fans. And, you know, obviously... Parramatta fans have somewhat been um, long-suffering and, yeah, I just thought it was a, a nice image and I thought it was even funnier that that bloke looks exactly like fucking Arco. <laughs> it looks like he is about to uh, take the bridge over troubled water to glory, hopefully, but we'll soon find <laughs> out. Daniel Friend, what is your wildcard award this week? My wildcard award this week, guys, is the Top Gun Award, and it goes to the Parramatta Eels, who last time when Top Gun was the uh, highest grossing movie of the year, they won the competition in 1986. Mm. And this year, the highest grossing movie currently is the second Top Gun. So I wonder if that's a sign. Who knows? I guess we'll find out Sunday. The Panthers fans must be hating this so far, our loyal Panthers listeners. But uh, there are a <laughs> yeah, few Lawrence. Yeah, shout out to Mr. Leggy. Uh, he's 
a very loyal listener. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, obviously the Panthers are raging favorites and we, we will we'll get into that. But the, there are a few things that are sort of getting some people, especially neutral, as you mentioned, Kieran, uh, on board <laughs> with the idea of the Eels winning. Uh, my wildcard award this week is the Big in Korea award, which goes to the Queensland Maroons. We're in a bizarre... Oh, yes. We're in a bizarre wardrobe choice from someone on a K-pop idol show. A beautiful young Korean woman was dressed in the Queensland Maroons jersey for a group song she sang on stage on this big TV show. It was bizarre and strangely arousing. So the big in Korea award goes to the Queensland Maroons this week. Guys, we've got to talk about the prelim finals, of course. There was a, a couple of big blockbuster games. There was, of course, the Cowboys versus the Eels on Friday night, which was in Townsville. And the Panthers versus the Rabbitohs at Acor on Saturday night. Both games somewhat went the way people thought they would in a, in a lot of different ways. Um, but Cowboys versus Eels, we'll start with that first. Can I have your 30-second thoughts, please, Kieran? Being a Cowboys fan, I imagine you're a little bit upset. But uh, how do you feel about that game a few days after? I mean, I still have to applaud the, the Peter Sterling's Eels, who were who were tough and brave. Um, I've said... I guess just to say how I felt at the time, I was a bit, I've never really felt numb after a game, but I, I felt a bit numb after that. Wasn't able to process it. Uh, how much of a, uh, an occasion it was coming from 15th and then a, a first hole in prelim. But yeah, I thought the Eels just ex- executed their chances better. Um, and I thought they were led by RCG. It, um, there was a, a tackle when they were down 20 to 12. I can't remember who he hit, but he knocked them flat on their back. And I thought he was huge in turning around the momentum, scored two tries. Uh, and then for us, yeah, a season I'm proud of, but um, definitely one I hope to see us build on. Yeah, I have very similar thoughts. Um, mine are more based on the fact that I thought the Cowboys were larger the better team for a lot of it, but it was a, it was a few mm. really key performances from guys like Gutherson, uh, RCG, like you mentioned. I thought Paolo was really good, and uh, and Sean Lane in that second half, like after I bagged him in the group chat, um, just absolutely <laughs> turned it on. So as you say. Proud season for Cowboys fans, uh, for you and I both, of course. Uh, we, we both did not predict this. Um, but, yeah, that numb feeling and that feeling of maybe not wanting it as much as your opponent, because we were the better team in a lot of ways. Uh, it just, you know, the Eels just seemed to want it more, so they, they got the win. Friendy, what are some things that you noticed about that game? Yeah, well, speaking of being the better team in a lot of ways, Bo, they had the Cowboys, in my opinion, unfortunately for you guys, uh, they butchered it. They had a, a much higher completion rate. They had less, obviously, less errors. They ran for more meters. They had less missed tackles. They gave away less penalties. And they had the lead with 25 minutes left. And it was a, an eight-point lead, which I thought could have been about 12 to 16, to be honest. I, I thought that little period there from the 35th minute to the 40th minute mark, Parramatta needed halftime so badly, and the Cowboys were just owning that middle. Unfortunately, they just couldn't ice those plays to, to clock up another couple of tries, and yeah, it cost them in the end, because I, I thought they were the better team for the majority of that contest. Totally agree. Uh, Chris, you were very uh, generous to the Eels in your wildcard award. How do you feel about that game? Yeah, I agree with Friendy. It's one of those games where if you, you know, you showed someone who didn't see it and you only showed them the stats from the game, you would have assumed, um, Cowboys would have won quite easily. But as we know, they, you know, they lost. And yeah, just real, um, key moment type of stuff, like Friendy alluded to. There was just so many times during that game where Parramatta just looked shot and it was just unable to, 
Cowboys were unable to capitalize from it. And I just think it's really, um, it's just, it shows that they're a team, you know, Cowboys had a brilliant year, but, um, you know, in, in those moments, they're just still that, that youthful kind of excitement around them where, you know, they'll, they'll be better for it. But yeah, just key moments, they just, they just couldn't quite get it despite, you know, dominating, you would say, the game. They just couldn't get the result. And whilst uh, I haven't asked you yet, how did you feel about the Cowboys-Eels game and anything that you noticed? Yeah, it's um, it should be deflating for Cowboys fans. Sorry, guys, because it does feel like you guys threw your best and hardest punch at that game with the exception of that 10 to 20, you know, 15 minutes when the Eels just went out and won it um, through their own hardest punch. It feels like one of those flashpoints moments in a um in a, a team sort of um i guess run or history or whatever where that the cowboys will either be a better and more experienced um competing team from this experience of, of losing this home final so painfully or they'll kind of it, it'll it'll sort of haunt them a little bit and they'll they'll sort of maybe get the yips a little bit in the, that's the same situation and and maybe never quite reach those heights again. You never know how it goes with football, um, especially with a, a team which was, you know, not particularly highly thought of prior to the season and sort of came out of nowhere. So hopefully for you guys it's the former. But, um, yeah, you just you just never know with these. Like, for example, that Eels team a few a few years ago that was in the grand final, as I've recently learned, 2009, they were the same sort of they, – they came out of nowhere. Um, no, they didn't have as good a regular season as this Cowboys team did, but – um, in the finals, they they sort of caught lightning in a bottle, and I, I think everyone sort of thought they they might go on from there, but they never really did. They never kicked on. Well, it's interesting you mentioned that. So the last time this happened with the Cowboys, they they made a grand final in 2017, very similar to the Eels, maybe not as hot, but they came from eighth all the way to the grand final and got beaten by the Storm, who were red hot and were amazing, and no one really thought the Cowboys would win, but. From then, everyone sat there and went, yeah, but like Matt Scott, Jonathan Thurston, they're both returning into this team that have already made a grand final. The only way is up. But unfortunately, it just didn't happen. We ended up finishing 11th or 12th that next year and the rest is history until now. So I guess my question for a very quick answer from the panel, uh, Friendy, do you think this is uh, the start of something really good for the Cowboys or do you think it might be like, uh, oh, they might drop down to... Eighth or tenth or sixth, like it's hard to tell. I think a lot of it really depends on the halfback, to be honest, and how long uh, Chad plays for, and and how well he plays, I guess, because eventually Deedon's going to take over. But uh, essentially now he's just a real runner of the football. Uh, he doesn't really control the team. So if Chad can have another good year or two with the rest of the young guys around them, particularly the pack, yeah, I really like their chances. Uh, yeah, I still think top 16, which is obviously a great result. Mm-hmm. I just think they have the basis there and the belief in themselves. I, I think there is, you would hope it's not just a, you know, just a, a brief flash. And I am worried about if that Todd Payton ruthless, uh, ruthless style, um, just with some modern players might tend to, I guess, wane on them a little bit, but uh, if I was if I was betting on it, I'd still think Cowboys, you know, they're gonna be a, a good team for the next, you know, a top top six team for the next few years. Miles, you mentioned both possibilities. Uh where do you think it'll go next year? Just if you had to guess now. Yeah, it's the, the funny one about it for me is that 
Um, I never, apart from Reese Robson and, and to some extent Tom Dearden, I never thought particularly highly of all the, the Cowboys spines players. Yes, I, everyone knows that I do like Chad Townsend, but I obviously never thought he was capable of, of this. And Scott Drinkwater, he showed a lot of promise, sure, but I didn't think he'd also be capable of um, being the sort of linchpin at the back for a, a team that was as good as it turned out to be. So I think if that's all here to stay, then sure, you know, you can rotate the, you know, some forwards and, and backs will have good years or poor years. Tamalolo will probably always be good, likewise Cotter, um, and that they can probably work it out. But if one of those three or even, you know, unexpectedly Robson sort of drops away a little bit, Townsend is a little bit older now, um, then maybe they sort of struggle to really hit the heights they hit this year. And Kieran, just quickly, how are you feeling? Are you feeling confident for next year? Uh, definitely feeling more confident than uh, at the start of the season for future years. Um, I think the boys all touched on really great points. I don't have too much more to add to what they said. Um, but I, I really like the coach. I think that's the, the big thing that has me more confident. He's instilled that belief that Chris was talking about um, in the group, and he's made them all work really, really hard for each other. Like the way we chase back when the game's already won, like half the team pretty much chasing to stop a try, and the game's dead and buried. Um, that just goes to show the, the attitude of the team. I think when you've got a, a side like that, um, yeah, top six, as Chris said, is probably just about right. And as Friendy said, that's it was going to be exactly my point. I think a lot of it depends on what happens with Chad, how his form um, is maintained, and then who uh, replaces him. Okay, uh, I, I agree. As a Cowboys fan, I'm feeling confident. I'm feeling more confident this time because there's not a lot of flux in the roster, um, and the roster feels like it's got a lot of up- upside. So... Uh, Cowboys should be okay next year. Great season from them. Good luck to the Eels this weekend against the Panthers. Let's talk about the Panthers and Rabbitohs game. That one, and I did expect this. I did expect the Rabbitohs to punch above their weight, and they really, really did. They, they, they I thought they were the best team in the first half. Uh, Panthers had some unlucky disallowed tries, um, and they went in at 12-all at halftime, which I think at that point we all kind of felt, okay, the Panthers will get this job done. And indeed they did, um, going out to a margin very similar to what most of the panel predicted pre-game. Um, Friendy, what are your thoughts on on that game? I think it played out pretty much how we called it prior to the match, really. I mean, we said the first 20 minutes the Rabbitohs will be in the game, and that's when they scored their last point of the match. So they might have held on for a little bit longer just due to some disallowed tries and things like that. But after 20 minutes, it was pretty much Penrith's game. So, yeah, I think it went exactly how... We thought it would have, um, yeah, they were, they were gallant in defeat, the Rabbitohs, but yeah, the Penrith stranglehold, it's well, it's very hard to beat. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Chris, is there anything that you noticed from the game? Uh, no, not really. Just like Friendly said, it, it was just really obvious. Um, you know, when, you know, the Nichols and Totola did a really good job, um, you know, going with Penrith, a great pack. And then kind of when the bench was on, you just kind of all saw it fell apart. And then they kind of just packed it in with about half an hour to go, I thought. So I thought it was uh, quite disappointing from the Rabbitohs. Miles, is, is this exactly how you expected it to go? Um, Panthers who slow start but run away with it in the end? Well, to me, it was a lot like the... Um it was a lot like the Eels Cowboys game. Um, obviously, the, the Cowboys kept playing until the uh, eighty minutes, where the Rabbitohs didn't. But um, and look, I think the main point in this game was how well Pan- the Panthers were able to shut down 
uh, the Rabbitohs' key players, obviously Walker, um, Mitchell. But, um, <laughs> boy, I- I'm going to bring this um, this argument from cyberspace into real life. Luckily, Lilius, man, gosh, he was bad. He was you know, okay <laughs> in defence in the first half. As we all know, he's a brilliant defender. Give him that, but far out. He went missing in that second half, particularly his kicking game, I thought. Yeah, Let's let's have a little think about it though. He's 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 a young half. He's in, and then if you have a look at when the bench come on, like we said, it would South Sydney had no bench. So from that second half, when when their bench players came on, Spencer Lenu, I'm just having a look now, nearly doubled his average run meters for the season in that one game. He had three tackle breaks as well. So the bench for South Sydney did nothing. You can't bl- blame the halfback for that. Sorry. No, that's fine, Friendy, but I am going to blame the halfback for doing his job poorly, especially after everyone told me that, oh, he does his job, he does his job, it does it really well. Yeah, well, he didn't in this final. <laughs> he did in the yeah. previous final, though, to be fair. Um, I Actually, no, let's, let's, keep, let's keep it going. Uh, Chris, you're being a bit quiet there. How do you feel about Lachlan Ilias' season? <laughs> his, his season, no Se- problem. Season and, and including this game. I, I thought he had a brilliant season overall, especially for the context of um, what he's meant to do. I, I made a comparison, um, I guess, uh, in the group chat to you, but I thought he plays a role similar to Nathan Cleary used to when he played with James Maloney in the, his first couple of origins where, you know, he's not expected to be Nathan Cleary, nor nor really is he ever going to be Nathan Cleary. He's, he's a really good defender, which is an important job for a half. And... You know, and I, I, I can I can cop that he had a poor game, but so did Cody Walker, who is meant to be their seasoned half, and I think he should get more of the blame. Latron Mitchell was quite poor, mm. um, kind of throwing a lot of errant passes, which, you know, did not come from Ilias. He, he got the ball out that way to create those chances that then Mitchell then stuffed up. And, I, yeah, his, his kicking game was not the best, but kicking games are largely dependent on field metres and, and, and field control, which, again, South Pack got largely dominated and, and it's hard not to get dominated by Penrith and you know they're, they're the best team in the comp in terms of um you know kick to the corner and then that that strangles so you know last week I just had a look guys he kicked he had five kicks for 130 meters and we all said he played well this week he had 14 kicks for 432 meters so pff, didn't do his job like come on he, he's a 20 year old kid there's Cody Walker Damian Cook um, yeah he yeah, tried his butt off yeah that's the point I'm making is that yeah. you can say you know what you want, but he's he's not the main guy in that team. He he has a he plays his role is important for sure, but he you know you're going to rely on in that game for you know control and creativity and what uh, Cook Walker Latrell uh, like they have done all year. He's not just going to come out there and start changing his game. So I, I think it's a little bit unfair to criticise him. I think I think he's a good player. I think he can be proud of his season. Points made, um, Kieran. I can't remember which side of the argument you fell on. Season long, I, I think he's it's far too early to judge. I think he, he, given his age, and he didn't perform badly. I don't think, uh, especially his first few games in the. I think he debuted last season, and I can remember a few early games. His kicking game, in particular, was what actually impressed me most. Um, um, I, I don't have any issue with him as a player. I don't think he's a bad player. I don't think he's outstanding. I think as the boys say, um, as Randy and Chris were saying, he, he does his role. It's he, yeah, Cody could be just as culpable quite, or even more culpable as the more seasoned half, as Chris was saying. Yeah. This, this loss is not down to him. I, I can't recall any time. I mean, maybe there has maybe Benji Marshall or Scott Prince when they were young, 
won their team a, a preliminary final, but I can't remember the last time a, a young kid like Ilias won, won his team a preliminary final against possibly one of the best NRL era teams. Well, I think we're going back to, I mean, obviously Nathan's probably the, the outlier here, Nathan Cleary, but before that, we're going back to names like Sean Johnson, Daly Cherry Evans, Adam Reynolds, you know, like, but they're all exceptional, you know, 10-year first graders. Uh, Miles, a, a right of reply, there's a, there's a lot of, obviously, uh, you know, passion on, on, on the other side of that debate. Uh, how do you feel about the argument that, even though he is the halfback, that he isn't necessarily charged with being the main guy. That's like you raise those you raise those names. They're all, uh, with the exception of Johnson, premiership winners, and I think they're the kind of guy you need at halfback to to win a premiership. Um, and I, I don't think, as you guys know, uh, I don't think Ilias is probably ever going to be that guy based off this year. I mean, who knows? Maybe he does take a massive jump next year, but. The Rabbitohs are in that sort of window right now. You look at guys like Cook, who has, uh, you know, player I like, but has admittedly declined this season. Mm-hmm. Walker, who I think is good, but was certainly um, certainly lost his battle against uh, against Jerome Luai on the weekend. Um, Mitchell will be around longer, but they're in that window right now. I think they need a more experienced halfback. I think they need a better halfback than Ilias. And I, I don't know, even if the Rabbitohs were to hang on to Ilias, I don't think he'd ever get there. I, I think personally, in the off-season, the Rabbitohs should be looking to upgrade. I think they might be looking to upgrade. And I, I just don't think that if they went into next season with Ilias at halfback again, I don't think they'd be entirely comfortable with that. And I know that the Rabbitohs fans certainly wouldn't. They hate the guy. That's interesting. Since when do you take the side of Rabbitohs fans, Miles? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Look, you know, I don't hate Ilias. I don't think he's much good as a player. Um, I don't hate him just because he's bad. That's just scummery the Rabbitohs fans would get involved with. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. I would just say if Rabbitohs fans are looking to offload him, I'm happy to swap Lachlan Ilias for Luke Brooks if that, if that can be arranged. <laughs> Probably save some money too, the Tigers, out of that arrangement, I would say. Um yeah, okay, all points all made. Uh, we haven't got to Kieran's thoughts about the game, though, so we will finish on that. Kieran, anything you notice about the Panthers-Rabbitohs game before we kick off to previous of the grand final? Uh, I didn't expect the Rabbitohs to start. Um, I didn't think that they would get out to, I mean, maybe a try lead, but 12-0, and I was really impressed with their early intensity. I didn't think that they were going... I actually thought um, they were pacing it okay. Uh, uh, obviously, as the game progressed, it, it seemed like they did kind of shoot all their shots a bit early and, and probably went a bit too hard, although they kind of had to. Um, I think if they, they had their chances to get to get another try, like they were camped down Panthers' end, and I think if they get that one more try and then they don't have those moments where they, they just shut off and let Kikau get a quick play the ball and then Apicorosau just run past. I mean, they were defending or retreating, rather, defenders um, that allowed the try. So uh, it was a bit, yeah, I think Kikau's uh, quick play ball really led to it, but it was still a bit of a, a moment where the defence shut off. And then um, I'm trying to think, oh, Toto's try right on half time. That was a huge killer. So moments like that, I think if the Rabbitohs go up 12 nil at half time, who knows what happens. Um, but yeah, uh, just just those moments where they really shut off. Latrell went into the game with, um, as I know now, a broken rib. That's a, always going to be a tough task when probably your most crucial player um, has that. So. Uh, who knows for the Rabbitohs next season? I, I just to touch back on Nilius, um, he he didn't 
I mean, I guess he could have, as I said, I think the Rabbitohs could have scored another try. And sometimes you need that man that you're not expecting to settle up to do something. But um, yeah, I hope the Rabbitohs go better next season, uh, even if it's a grand final loss against the Cowboys. <laughs> My uh, Chris's observation that he would swap Brooks for Ilias was an interesting one. Suffice to say that Miles would not swap his halfback for Ilias, whoever Miles's team is. He won't disclose. <laughs> um, Kieran, I- I'm guessing you would not trade the great Chad uh, for Ilias at their point of their careers right now. Uh, no, and just to touch a small bit on Chad again, I I said that the thing, my favorite thing about him is his um he doesn't overplay his hand. But I noticed towards the end of the season how good his um. Short, I've he gets lauded for his long kicking game, turning the other team around, um, and put it kicking into the corners. But I really like his he he uh, kind of maybe not cost us, but he he tried to put in a, a short kick close to the line that I think Lane, as Friendy said, had go gadget arms to stop. But I thought his short kicking game was very. Uh, I didn't know that he had that in his locker. How good it was! He set up quite a few tri- few tries from Grubbers this season, and yeah, I, I'm keen to see how he goes again next season. I'm, so it's definitely going up in my mind. So that's a no for Ilias. Last one is Friendy. Friendy, you're a Knights fan. Would you swap your current halfback, who I believe <laughs> is Adam Clune, to Lachlan Ilias? Yeah, well, I was going to say we don't even have a halfback. So, yeah, jump on board, young fella. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll take a break. Uh, we're going to listen to Big E's phenomenal tip of the grand final, and then we're going to come back and preview the NRLW grand final and then the men's NRL grand final with some bold predictions. Back soon. <clears throat> My phenomenal tip of the week, I tipped the uh, Palomala Eels <coughs> to win against the Pandas. At the same place again. My star player for the Eels is actually Maggie Sifo will get a try and Miss Musos will get a winning goal. Uh, that's my phenomenal tip of the week for you, Fendi. Welcome back to Above the Horizontal. We have a full panel here to discuss the NRLW and the NRL Grand Finals coming up this weekend, both on Sunday from Acor Stadium. The first one, of course, is ladies first. It's the Knights versus the Eels, the second place versus the fourth place. Bit of a surprise, really. I think a lot of teams probably predicted, uh, a lot of people rather predicted a repeat of earlier in this year when the Dragons and the Roosters played in the, in the decider. The Knights, of course, had a very hot team, so may, Maybe quite expected to make it. The Eels came out of nowhere to make it, uh, beating the undefeated Roosters fairly convincingly. And they have a chance to, to win a grand final. I think both these teams did not make even the finals last season. So this is a, a big upgrade for both. Uh, very similar sides going into it, as far as I can tell. There is some conjecture with the Knights, with coach Ron Griffiths potentially bringing back Caitlin Moran, she is named amongst the reserves, and Mackenzie Wheel is on the bench. But last minute in the in the semifinal, they swapped, so that may happen again. For the Eels, co-captain Tiana Penitani has been named on the extended bench, with Abby Church the likely person to drop out if she's fit. Despite the fact that Church actually had a really really great game in the semifinal against the Roosters. Guys, let's have a little little chat about this. Uh, Friendly, as you mentioned at the top, very excited about this one. So what I'd like to hear from you, I guess, is who do you think will win and why, by how much, and who is your player of the match? Uh, Newcastle Knights, and I think by a few. And it's that's no 
bias or anything. That's generally off the two seasons that the respective teams have had. And Newcastle, I believe, won four out of their five round games. They only lost by two points to the, the all-conquering Roosters, who are, are now out. Um, they've had a fantastic season. Parramatta won one of their five round games. So, yeah, I'm, I'm heavily in favour of the Newcastle Knights. And I think... I believe Tamika Upton will be player of the match. I just think her class in, in this match will, will shine through. And it's quite odd. Like, she doesn't look like the most, most athletic um, or anything like that, but she's just, yeah, she's a fantastic player. I believe she'll probably set up a try or maybe score some herself or something like that. And Millie Boyle will be her hottest competition for that award, I think, as well. And I, I reckon the NRL want Millie to win it. Uh, she's a bit of a poster girl for the women's game. And, um, yeah, I'd be happy with either of them, but I'll go with Tamika Upton. A little bit of the old, uh, kind of like how JT won player of the match in, in 2015 uh, in the Cowboys mm. grand final where, like, of course, JT had a good game. It's JT, but, like, was he the best player on the field? He might have been, like, the top three, but he's the poster boy, right? It's JT. It's the fairy tale. Yep. So, uh, you could be right about that Millie Boyle narrative. Chris, uh, how are you feeling? Who's going to win? Why? How much? And uh, and who's your player of the match? Yeah, similar. Um, pretty surprised. I'm disappointed in my tip about the Roosters. This is gone. But, yeah, similar. I'm, I'm just going form guide, really. Uh, uh, it would be amazing, if not kind of borderline sad, if a team that won. Uh, one game in their regular season, won the grand final. Not that I, I don't think it's impossible, but I'm going to go the Knights um, just on form. Just looking at the team list, I just think they've got better spine, um, better forward pack. Uh, their props are pretty brutal, Johnson and Boyle. In terms of man the match, I, I am, I, I have, that's given me second thoughts, which is a good point that Friendly raised around um, name, familiarity, and you know, um, linking it to maybe Millie Boyle, but I'm going to go Jessie Southwell, the halfback for Newcastle, because I think she's a gun. So, yeah, I'll go Jessie Southwell, man the match. And I'll go Newcastle by about, uh, by about eight. Um, Jesse Southwell was almost in my wildcard award this week, guys, because I, I mentioned it in the group chat. It fucking made me laugh. Uh, I was watching the, uh, the semifinals on TV and Corey Parker was on the panel just talking over women and stuff as he does. And, uh, he was, uh, we should actually nominate him for flog of the week, by the way. Um, just sidebar. And anyway, uh, he's sitting there and he's talking about how good Jesse Southwell is. And he's sitting there saying, yeah, the thing about Jesse Southwell is amazing left foot step, lethal left foot step as highlights of her only stepping off her right foot are playing, like, like underneath his voice saying that he's only got left foot. Uh, but she is a fantastic player, Jesse Southwell. Miles, uh, same questions to you. Uh, who's going to win player of the match and what's going on? Well, I was going to say what Waring said, Knights by eight. Um, but I could see the Eels winning this. As we've mentioned, they've only won, well, they only won one game during the regular season. Um, but typically when you're, uh, all due respect to the girls, when you're dealing with more, let's call it more plateaued talent, um, the streakier team can often get up. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the Eels win this one. Um, and although I'm tipping the Knights, I am going to um, I am going to back in Tiana Penitani to play, and I think she'll win player of the game. Very interesting. So the Eels will be swinging left. With, uh, with Quinlan and Broughton as well, bringing Penitani into the game. Very interesting. Thank you, Miles. Kieran, what are your tips? 
Uh, well, the Knights cruised into the grand final um, against the Dragons. No disrespect to the Dragons, but the, the Knights had quite a good win. And then the, I thought the Eels held on really well against the Roosters because the Roosters, despite I don't know that they were ever ahead, they butchered a lot of chances. Their execution was down. Um, but yeah, the Eels scrambled well and, and um, took their chances when they came, kind of like their men's team. Uh, I couldn't split player of the match between Tamika Upton and Millie Boyle up until just now, but I'm thinking Tamika Upton. I thought every time she touched the ball on the weekend, um, she looked like she would create something. Her acceleration off the mark is awesome to watch. Um, yeah, uh, I think that the leadership of Boyle and um, Upton will be huge as well, uh, along with the talent they bring. Uh, I'm going to go Knights by 10. I'm thinking a similar kind of margin. Uh, and if the Eels are to get it done, I think they'll have to do actually, you know, very similar job to what their male counterparts did against the Cowboys, which is maybe not be the best team on the day, but still get that win no matter what. Like just be really dogged in the middle, uh, get your tackle efficiency up, uh, try and minimize errors as much as you can, kick well, uh, and just be an option at all times. Uh, just all those little one percenters because the Knights definitely have the star power. We've all, we've all talked about the, well, the three main stars really are Southwell, uh, Upton and Boyle. And so, yes, the Knights should win. They should win. They should do it fairly comfortably. But if the Eels are to get it done, it's going to be a dogged affair. My tip is the Knights by a fair margin. I think Millie Boyle will be player of the match. Similar reasoning to Friendy. Um, I do love Tamika Upton, though. And my kind of hot take is that Tamika Upton is the best fullback in the game, which a couple of years ago was not a crazy thing to say because she clearly was. But since the emergence of Emma Tonegato, since the return of Sam Bremner, uh, that has been a bit contentious. Like she might be the third best potentially and still be an awesome fullback, but I think she's still the best. And that might be Queensland goggles speaking potentially. Uh, but good luck to both teams, the Knights and the Eels. We're all tipping the Knights to win, but, uh, the, the stranger things have happened. The Eels beat the Roosters pretty well last week. So it, it's all on the line Sunday, 2.55 p.m., which is three and a half hours before the men's game starts. The Panthers and the Eels, the big one, the Battle of the West. The Panthers have done it well. They've done it all year. They did it all last year, and they did it all the year before that as well. They are definitely the best team at the moment. They are the benchmark by a mile, and... You know, they, they go on to win this game and maybe a couple more premierships in the next few years. They could be one of the greatest teams of all time. We're, we're starting to have that conversation. That's how good they are. For the Eels, well, we're looking at a, a chance to emulate the likes of Cronin, Price, Sterling, Kenny, Win. You know, you guys would have seen the, the footage of all the people wind up outside, uh, Wynn's football store, uh, to get their Parramatta jerseys. Uh, they haven't won it since 1986. So they ha- they didn't win it, uh, you know, during the ARL era or even the NRL era. As Miles mentioned, they have been to the big dance in 2001. Heavy favourites, lost to the Knights, Andrew Johns and Ben Kennedy put on a clinic. 2009, on the back of Jared Hayne being otherworldly, they could not beat the Storm, who we later learned weren't doing the right thing by the books. So maybe a bit unlucky there. But as Miles mentioned, after 2009, they dropped off pretty heavily and they became easy beats and they had to work and work and scrap under, under Brad Arthur to be a consistently top four, top six team. And it feels like this is their chance. Charlie Staines remains for the Panthers. Uh, Taylor May didn't quite pass any sort of fitness test he needed to pass. 
Uh, and Bailey Simonson has also stayed at left center for the Eels. I thought he did a really good job uh, against the Cowboys. Nathan Brown is the big surprise uh, on the bench for the Eels. He hasn't played since round 17. He is in place of the hot and cold Bryce Cartwright. We will get into that because I'm sure there are some opinions on Nathan Brown's selection. But the easy thing, friendy, is Panthers are obviously the favorites here. Um, mm. what, what, are, what are their strengths? What, what are they going to focus on to get this job done? Well, I believe this game will be one in the middle of the field. It's the old cliche that um, forwards win matches and backs decide by how many. So, yeah, I, I can't see that changing in this big encounter between the two sides from out west. I, I think the Panthers, it's the same as basically every game that they play. They, they complete high. Nathan click, kicks long. Their kick chase is awesome. Uh, their line speed is awesome. I, I think the change that they've made the last... Uh, like probably six weeks or so where Mitch Kenny starts um, and he really rips in, leads the line speed, bashes a few blokes and then the creativity of Api Korosawa, I cannot speak highly enough of that guy. He, he is just phenomenal for a better word. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I love watching Appy play when he comes on um, and yeah, I, I think that'll be their, their whole game plan again. I mean, yeah, um, why why change something that's worked so well for the last few years? I, yeah, I think they're going to be really hard to beat on Sunday. I, I do I do think it'll be a close game, but um, yeah, Penrith for mine at the moment. Chris, how are you feeling about the Panthers' chances and their and their game style? Do you think it's going to um, be similar to what Friendy's saying? Yeah, well, Penrith's game style is usually pretty predictable, but it's still borderline impossible to. Um, to be successful again. So I, I can't really see them changing um, too much. Similar, it's just going to be, a, you know, the control in the middle to really impressive forward packs. And then it's going to be about the who can execute, you know, those skillful finishes between Cleary and Luai and um, Moses and Brown. So, yeah, um, I, I think Penrith deserve to be favourites. Um but yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Miles, as I was looking at the two team lists, you go like, you know, one to 17. I mean, like, you know, Cleary is a better player than Moses, for example. Um, but all the players are quite similar. Or they have very similar roles in their team. They'll obviously positions are that exactly. But like, you know, Dylan Brown and Jerome Luai play very similar game styles. Gutherson and Edwards are basically identical fullbacks uh, with differing results sometimes. Backlines, not particularly flashy on both sides, really, if we're thinking about it. Um, forward packs play very similarly. Uh, the, the hookers both have equal amounts of influence. And then their locks both play as links with Madison and Yeo, as well as being high work rate players. Is there anything there in the team list that maybe gives the Panthers a slight edge over their rivals, despite the fact that they're quite similar in, in style? Uh, well, I, I think the, um, I think the, the Panthers roster is a lot better. Um, and I, I disagree with your, um, with your take about the uh, Panthers not having particularly flashy backs. Um, I, to me, Crichton, to, oh, they all qualify as that. Taylor and May who won't be playing. Um, well, the, the guys have done a pretty good job summing up the game. Where I think the Eels will need to lift is, and I feel bad saying this because it's, it's, it seems like it's always this guy in the crosshairs, but Mitchell Moses, he's, he, he really, I don't know if he's, he's quite, um, 
I don't know if he's quite mastered finals quite like some of his teammates have. Um, he, he was he was okay for sure um, on uh, in the the preliminary final, and given where it was and the you know the stage and you know on the road, it was it was impressive. But I think he could have been better. Uh, he, he will obviously need to be way better if the the Eels going to win the grand final. Um, but it just seems like you know it, it seems cliche at this point to point the finger at Moses and you never really should have one player. But like to, to me, the, pretty much everyone in that Eels team was outstanding on um, on Friday night. I think it was um, except Moses, who I thought was just good to okay. So I think if Moses can have a nine or a, God forbid a ten out of ten, I think the Eels will be a lot closer than others think. Maybe they might even be. The, the premiers, who knows? Mate, 10 out of 10. He's not Lachlan Ilias. Settle down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Kieran, is there anything that you can see in the Panthers uh, game style or, or maybe even something like, let's, let's, let's remember the fact that the last time these teams played, of course, the Eels won both games during the season. One was a very close encounter at Blue Bet, a very good victory for the Eels. The second one was slightly tainted by the fact that Cleary was removed from the game, but the Eels were good enough to go on with it. Now, the, the last one they played was in week one of the finals, and the Eels, as I, as I said a few times on this podcast, they held their gloves up for a while. They did a pretty good job, but the Panthers just outlasted them. Now, a lot of good judges say that you learn more from a loss than you do from a win. I've heard Phil Gould say that a bunch. What can the Panthers do? Because the Panthers will need to be better to make sure they beat the Eels because the Eels will be better too. What can the Panthers improve on or or do really, really well, do you think, Kieran, that they need to do to win? Um, I think they just have, yeah, as, as Friend and, and Chris both said, they, they have a very, you know how they're going to play, but it's just, it's it's that hard to stop. Um, I think the Eels need to start fast and the Panthers, um, while sometimes like, Against the Rabbitohs, they didn't start fast, but they they remind me of this is only friend will get this reference, but they remind me of Israel Adesanya in the UFC. Until I explain further, um, they kind of just take take in the game and absorb what's going on, and then especially Cleary kind of gets a read on how um, the opposition are doing, gets reads on on the way they're defending, and then um, as the Pan- Panthers mounting pressure grinds away at their opposition, Cleary strikes, or it might be someone else, but. Um, yeah, they're just very, a very, I guess, patient is exactly it. A very patient, patient football team, and their belief is that they, that no matter how long the game goes, um, they've always got that uh, game-winning um, bit in them from someone. And I think touching on Moses, I think that that's kind of got to be his mentality as well. That he doesn't have to come up with a, especially in the 50, 60th minute if it's close, he doesn't have to come up with a hero play. Um, he needs to to kind of bark instructions to his team that they just need to keep grinding away, keep grinding away, and the, and the points will, however many points are needed, they'll come, even if it's just that one field goal or whatever it is. Because um, as as Miles was saying, he, I, I didn't think he was bad in the prelim, but he did kick out on the fall twice. Um, there was that missed penalty goal. Uh, so I think he just kind of needs to I, – I, I, I think he's had his best season by far. Um, but, yeah, just, just remember he doesn't need to be the hero. Well, it's interesting. So – you know, to, to beat the Panthers, Moses will be a key player for sure. What lessons will the Eels have learned and what confidence will they have gained from, you know, killing the Raiders and being a worse team than, than the Cowboys up in Townsville, hostile home crowd and still getting the job done? 
how can they use that Kieran to to beat the Panthers? What what lessons would they have learned or skills would they have improved? Um, well, I guess the mental skill, like, or maybe not skill, but just the the fortitude it'll bring. It it'll have definitely have quelled some of the fears I think of the fans may have had. Um, it was a spirited comeback from a team that are, are dubbed as front runners. So um, I don't know that they've. Yeah, I can't recall the last time that they really came back from a margin like that, eight points against away in thousand degree Townsville. Um, is is really impressive um, stuff to wait the way that they won that game. Um, I still think that they should make a fast start in this one, despite the fact that they they kind of um, didn't try to blow the Cowboys off the park early. I didn't think uh, maybe that was a result of the Cowboys' middles just being so much stronger early on. Um, but I, I I think that they should still look to make a fast start. I think that their bench, um, the size of their bench, will allow for that. They'll be able to rotate, and then RCG played 57 minutes against the Cowboys. So even if um, they do start fast, I think he's got one of the players. I think he has to be their leader, to be honest. I think he's – we'll get to it. But, um, yeah, talking about key players, he's huge. Uh, he can play big minutes. Um, pressuring Cleary will be huge. Limiting how much time he has on the ball will be crucial. I'm a, maybe, well, yeah, a little skeptical. I think any player, when they're pressured too much, is not going to be on their game. So, um, And, obviously, Cleary's pressure – or kicking game, rather, um, won – the Panthers, the grand final last year for mine. Um, so I think, and, and then just sticking to their attacking guns, um, they showed last week against the Cowboys when they did get their chances that they can score. Uh, and I think the Panthers' right edge might be somewhere to attack. Um, obviously, the, the Eels' left edge is noted with Lane, Brown, Sevo. Um, and then the Panthers' right edge, which I think is Staines and Tago, I could be wrong. Um, they don't have grand final experience, so that could be a, an area to target. Um, yeah. It'll be Staines and Crichton on the right edge. Um, okay. and, and Nathan Cleary, of course, one of the better defending halves, uh, taking on Sean Lane, one of the really key battles, I think. Miles, uh, coming back to you, you mentioned that, you know, Moses will need to have maybe an 8, 9, 10 out of 10 game, but we can't really point the finger at just one person. What can the team around him do to make sure, to give him the best chance to have the game he needs to have? Uh, that's a, a very good question. I mean, um, I, obviously Gutherson is about an eight or a nine every game and, and he, he'll need to be that as well. The years forward pack has played really well recently, um, particularly on Friday. They were excellent. Um, I, I think some of those guys, as we've, as I sort of alluded to, um, some of the, the backs, uh, for the years are probably a little bit of a talent deficit compared to their, Panthers counterparts and they'll probably need to play above themselves to to get the victory. Um, maybe a few tries needed out of Mike Acevo who has been good this year. Um, uh, Wonga Blake, um, he he was probably the uh, after Moses the next most I don't want to say disappointing but um, sort of average to mediocre performer in that preliminary final. He'll need to play well. Um, so m- maybe that's where the Eels can gain a little bit of um, sort of ascendancy or equalisation against the Panthers is if they are outside backs uh, or the, and they're, they're sort of inside backs as well, play above themselves. Chris, if the Eels are to get this job done, do you uh, do you agree with, with that take that you know, there's going to be something special from one of those unheralded backline players? Or uh, what sort of tactics do you think the Eels will, will use to beat this Panthers side? Well, it's going to be contingent on Walker Blake knowing how to catch a bomb 
Um, <laughs> that's going to be the first thing. Um, I, I don't think I don't think Parramatta need to change that much. If they if they stick to their game plan, they execute. We know that they can beat Penrith, as you know they've done twice already this year. Just you know, and I, I think they've just got to let that um, first week of finals be a write off. You know that. Uh, as you've said, though, the game was a lot closer than the scoreline represent, represented and then Mitchell Moses had to go off, which kind of exaggerated the scoreline. So they're, they're going to need things to go in their favour like that, like not losing key players to a HIA or um, something else. But I think if they just stick to what works for them and, you know, they have a very brutal board pack and very skillful back rowers. And I'm going to tip my hat to Miles here that I do concede Sean Lane has been excellent this year, much to my bagging previously, but him and Sean Light and his, you know, um, sometimes just completely um, unable to be controlled. He's just so big and such has good hands. Papaliti's doing an excellent job in the edges as well. So Cleary and and Luar will both have their, you know, the work cut out for them. So it kind of sounds simple, but I think if they just execute well, I think that's going to be their best chance. I don't, I, and also the the mental side of it as well. You know, defeating Penrith is a monumental task, but in the competition, they're the, they're, they're the modern team most accustomed to it. So um, I think they should go in probably quietly confident in their ability. And Freddie, um, you know, our master tactician, what, what what do you see for the Eels? What 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 are they going to do? Where are they going to target uh, to beat the Panthers? Well, as the guys spoke about, I think it was Miles. They've got to be ten out of ten. That that's it, plain and simple. This is the biggest day of the year. Everything you do has to be the best you can do it. And like Chris was saying, the execution, uh, whether that's in attack or defence, I think defensively they they need to be really really strong because. Um, like we said, Penrith, they, they get down the other end quite easily normally and they get a lot of chances and, and they don't miss too often. So if Parramatta can repel them a fair bit, then, yeah, then they're every chance. But I, I think defensively is is where this game's going to have to be won for the Parramatta Eels. In that um, the, the semi-final where uh, Penrith did play Parramatta, Clint Gutherson, I, I believe he's the best defensive fullback in the competition and he's never out of position but there was about three or four times where they'd shift the ball left and then back right and Nathan had kick into an awkward spot or they they got him running the wrong way um I, I really thought Nathan outthought him that game which was really impressive because I, I rate Gutherson highly in the defensive positioning sort of um in that respect so I think he'll be wanting to do better there as well which um yeah will start their sets off a little bit better hopefully but yeah, I, it's, it's going to be a tough day for them, but I, I think they can do well. It'll be interesting to see. I'm glad you touched on that because I thought I thought Gutherson really improved that part of his game, especially against the Cowboys. I thought he was like mm. close to a 10 out of 10. Like he was just yep. remarkable. Some of those pickups on grubbers and positioning and like yeah. holding blokes up over the line and just all these sort of things. He's incredible. And going from, he puts himself in the defensive line up, when the other team's on the attack, like in the red zone, and then he he gets back into the in goals to pick up the grubber or to knock the grubber dead or whatever it may be, he he sort of cleans up the play and he's really really good at that. But what I heard Joey talking about it and and what Nathan Cleary noticed is once Gutherson is in that line and he'll see where the kick's sort of going to come from or the threat might be coming from, he sprints to that area and. If there is a change, 
he can't get back to where the ball might end up going. So I think Nathan really picked up on that in their first uh, final encounter. It'll be interesting to see if they, they try and do that again, the Panthers, or, or Gutherson's onto it, or, or what changes will be made there. It'll be interesting. And I noticed that Clear is doing a very similar thing to Latrell Mitchell, which which leads me to just a thought that, you know, a, a thought without need for further comment, I suppose. But it'll be interesting to see if, like how Darius Boyd changed the game when he started defending in the line of the fullback and then everyone started doing it. It'll be interesting to see, you know, now that we know that everyone's at the A defender in that red zone, like the fullback is always at the A defender and then they sprint off as soon as the ball starts spreading. It'll be interesting to see how often people start doing a cleary where they just like step off the left and then grub it back where the fullback came from for a chaser, uh, where that becomes a more regular thing and then changes the role that the fullback has to play. It's, I, I love watching these little developments in the sport and when they happen. And I feel like we could be watching it right now with cleary as other teams start to clue onto it. Um, but I do want to just touch on something that the Eels have done. Brad Arthur particularly, he has chosen Nathan Brown on the bench instead of Bryce Cartwright. This was slightly contentious in the group chat. Just a quick one. Um, are you in favor, Friendy, of Nathan Brown's selection? Kind of like a horses for courses, um, mm. you know, uh, situation where it maybe signals the kind of game that Eels want to play. Are you, are you in favor of his selection? Yeah, I definitely believe they needed another middle on the bench. Um, I think you look at the last few times or the, the last few weeks, apart from that Canberra game, Parramatta have actually been outrun in, in metres gained. So I th- think it's important they had an extra middle there, particularly against the Panthers bench with Lenu and Sorensen. Um, I think it's a good selection, yeah. Chris, how do you feel about it? I'm not as big of a fan of it. Um, I like the logic that, um, friend put forward there, but I think Nathan Brown is the wrong person to do that job. I think his handling is incredibly poor. Um, I would say, I don't know the stats, but anecdotally, just watching him, I would say up there with the worst Nana row. He also has horrible penalties in him as well. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to assume there's probably like a, a niggling injury in, um, Palo or Neocore or, you know, someone. So that's the bit more size there, but, yeah, I, I don't like it. It's a bit. It comes across a bit panicked for mine. Also, keep in mind that they made like an extra sixty tackles than the Cowboys did in the prelim, and the Panthers have had a couple of weeks rest, obviously, with skipping week two of the finals, but also resting a bunch of their players in the last round of the regular season. So maybe it's a matter of bringing another workhorse in. Miles, um, how do you feel about it? Uh, I can I can see both. Friend and Waring's points. Um, my fear is sort of as Waring alluded to, um, the Eels are defending furiously at the end of the game. Brown gives up a penalty and they kick a penalty goal and that's the end of the game or something like that. Um, but also, how, how certain are we that he actually plays the game? That there won't be some sort of, um, you know, ducks and drags going on, last minute swap or something like that? Well, I guess, I guess. Well, time will tell. Uh, Bryce Cartwright is among the uh, extended bench, so he is still an option, as are a bunch of other players that have been named. So uh, you could be right there. Kieran, how do you feel? I, I definitely definitely like it. Um, you've already got Wanga Blake out there, who we all know doesn't have the best hands. So I think, um, yeah, having Brown, it's. I, I think he'll be fine. I don't think um, he'll cost the Eels, and I... I and he's at his best. I can remember he was being talked about um, for New South Wales. So I, I think he's a good selection. New South Wales legend. Oh, true. 
Yeah, okay. so, I didn't even know that. <laughs> he definitely he played one yeah. game, I think. Uh, off there was the nothing to notice, Kieran. So. <laughs> <laughs> something, something. Queensland won that year. Uh, it was 2020, <laughs> uh, I think. Um, okay, guys. He is someone. He is someone that I just want to say that would have paid 87 games for Queensland if he wasn't. <laughs> 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 Only 87? That's not many. All right, guys. We need some predictions for the grand final. Uh, what I'll get from everybody is, and I'll ask you. Um, to give them all at the same time, if you can. So I, what I need from you is first try scorer, Clive Churchill medalist, who will win and a margin tip. We'll do bold predictions afterwards. So Kieran, I'll let you go first. Uh, first try scorer, Clive Churchill medal, who will win and what's the margin? Uh, for first try scorer, I've got Mike Acevo, um, that Parramatta left edge. I think he'll... He'll cross over first. Church, Clive Churchill, I like to go a, a hard-working player who still has a little bit of spark, can can spark something in attack, so I'm going Dylan Edwards. Um, who will win in margin? I'm going to go the Eels. Uh, the way they won last week, um, their attack stacks up to anyone, even the Panthers, I think, and it'll just be, as Friend said, how they defend when the Panthers are grinding away that decides this. Um, for margin, I'll go exactly two, something like 22-20. Which is the same scoreline they had against them at Bluebet, I believe. So yeah, wow, absolute victory for Kieran. Uh, are you just being like a little bit contrarian there, or like you just got like a real good feeling? I don't have a real good feeling, but I, I believe um, is the main thing. So I'm just going to go more of a heart tip. <laughs> Love it, uh, Miles. First try scorer, Clive Churchill. Who will win, and how much? I think the first try scorer will be Brian Toe, but uh, I-, I could see Charlie Staines crossing as well. One of the Panthers, <laughs> mm. uh, Clive Churchill. I think. Uh, Nathan Cleary is getting to that point where even if you think the Eels are going to win, um, Cleary will still probably be a decent bet for Clive Churchill. Um, uh, I, I think the Panthers probably win, uh, and I, I'm going to tip the margin at 10 points, I reckon. That sounds sounds like it's very doable. By the way, if you're correct about Nathan Cleary uh, getting the Clive Churchill medal, he'll be the first person ever to get it consecutively. Um, two years in a row. So, I mean, th- with, there's been other people who've done it twice, but never twice in a row. So that would be very exciting. Chris, first try scorer, Clive Churchill, who will win and what's the margin? I'm going to go Will Penasini, first try scorer, the edge. Uh, wow. Clive Churchill, I'm going to go Dylan Edwards as well. I think he's received a lot of positive media praise lately, and I think um, it may... That may help him in that effort. Good call. Um, I think Penner for win, and I'll go a margin of well uh, between eight, eight or ten. I'll go, I'll go margin of eight. All right, and Friendy, same questions to you. Yeah, for me, I'll be going first try Brian Toto. Uh, out on that left edge, I think that's where Penrith like to go uh, majority of the time. Um, I think Clive Churchill, for me, I I pretty much agree with everyone's selections and I can see why they would win. So I'm going to go a little bit rough and I'm going to go the big, scary courtroom judge out on the left edge for the Panthers, Philly Army Kikau. <laughs> um, I, think, I think the first grand final he played against the Storm, he tried way too hard. He made about five errors, but it was really showing some intent and then last year i think he got the mix right and i think he played really really well so i'll be going him to go third time lucky for big villy um i'll go the panthers by eight or oh, something like 20 to 12 roughly all right uh, i'm gonna go 
And by the way, so it sounds like the Gibson brothers are in on this together because Owen Gibson has the eels at something like plus 250 or something by the latest I checked. Um, <laughs> he likes Mike Acevo to score tries. Uh, Mitchell Moses to kick a, a winning goal. So one of those two will probably be player of the match according to the big E. I'm going to go with Isaac Tungle uh, on that left center position. I think he'll, uh, like like a lot of us have said, like swinging left, every team loves to do it. Uh, you know, you've got guys like Luai and kick out there. I think Tungo might might as well be the first try scorer. I have the Clive Churchill. I think the most likely one is Nathan Cleary, but I'm going to go with Appy Coriasau. I just think, you know, I expect the Eels to present um, really well to start the game, maybe even the first half, but I think he'll just wear them down, wear them down. And I think his influence will be so profound that he will not be ignored and it'll get him on the Kangaroo Tour to the World Cup. I've got the Panthers... Um, Pick a number between four and six. Let's go with five. Uh, Panthers <laughs> by five. Uh, no, I'll, I'll go with four. I think it'll be really close. Um, and I think it could be a classic. It could be an instant classic, which we like to talk about a fair bit. So instant <laughs> classic uh, between the Panthers and the Eels. And uh, I think it was Kieran, I think you said uh, it could be one of the great grand finals, and I really hope it is. Guys, thank you very much for all your efforts so far. Let's do some bold predictions to wrap things up. Friendy, what do you got for us? I have got Viliami Kikau to score a try and to win the Clive Churchill medal. Fantastic. Chris, what's your bold prediction? Um, so it's linked to my Clive Churchill. So I think it'll either be Dylan Edwards or Clint Gutherson. I think similar mould of player, both very likely to step up, um, get some media recognition. So I think it'll be either fullback to win um, Clive Churchill. Nice. Miles? All right. So let, let me paint a little bit of a, a <laughs> picture. <laughs> All right, I have to do like the whole Monty Burns like signals again, or with the (laughs) (laughs) not slow down again. (laughs) (laughs) Sort of. No, it's it's, this is going to be more of a a Van Gogh than a um, than a a science textbook or anything. Um, So it's the it's the seventy fifth minute. The Eels are down by six points at this at this point in the game. They're this is let's say this is like their fourth or fifth attack at the line, just constantly forcing dropouts, which the Panthers are uh, are repelling. Uh, Mitchell Moses is, is crabbing across the field as he does, running sideways, looking for a player to pass to. He wants to throw a, a long ball, but he hits Junior Paulo and he's in his big scone, and the ball bounces up in the air and then sort of hits the ground, and it gets scooped up by a Panther who starts running for the goalpost at the opposite end of the ground. It's James Salmon. <laughs> He's running. He's running. More. It looks like maybe Marcus Eman can catch him, but he's not going to catch him. Salmon runs away, scores under the post. Dan Lang is crying. He's, these tears out of his face. And he's there too. Panthers win the game. The Eels, start, the Eels fans at this point start walking out of the ground. <laughs> Mate, that was that was less science textbook. That was less Van Gogh. That was more like Leo Tolstoy, like writing War and Peace. That one. <laughs> that, was, that was. Whoa, whoa! What is it good for? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Um, okay, all right. So basically, a Junior Paolo Falcon, while the Eels are on the attack to try and level the game, <laughs> leads to Jamin Salmon scooping up the ball and running the length, chased by Sevo to uh, to no effect. 
It sounds like yeah. more like a, a Miles Stedman lucid dream than an actual. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, absolutely. I, well, you know, if that comes off, honestly, that's the greatest bold prediction I think I've ever heard, if that happens exactly. Um, and Thanks. I'll start going to you for, for predictions of my future, if that happens. I'm not paying it if it happens in the 74th minute. No, that's right, 75th minute. <laughs> Well, that's also it, the entire team can be chasing, not just Marcus Sieve. I'm assuming like, it's the grand final. Everyone's chasing him. No, 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 no. You said um, only one. Okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's um, Okay, Kieran, what's your ball prediction this week? Um, I am predicting Junior Paolo to have a big game along with a few others. So I've got starting front rowers from both sides to run for a combined 650 metres and the Eels to break their premiership drought. All right, I love that. Uh, my ball prediction is sort of on the back of the fact that the the last couple of times the Panthers have won, it's been through extraordinary resilience, patience, and great second half. So I think the Eels will be in front at halftime, but they will lose the game. That's my ball. Pardon wow. me as I, as I burp. Um, <laughs> that, that is my ball prediction. Uh, I think they'll be in front. Whether it's like one point in front, two points, whatever, I think they will be not level, not behind, in front. All right, guys. Thank you very, very much. Friendy, where are you watching the grand final from? And do you know where Lawrence is watching it from? Yeah, I think he's going away with family. So he'll certainly be watching it. Um, shout out to Lawrence. Good luck, mate. I'm sure I'll speak to you on the day or something like that. Um, I'll be watching at home with a few mates, uh, a few of Shell's friends. Um, yeah, probably get pretty rowdy. So looking forward to it. Are you going to be dressed up in any sort of Panthers or Eels gear at all? Or Nah, mate. I'm more chance of being nude. <laughs> <laughs> I'll lock that in as a confirmation. Uh, Mrs. Shell's mum that listens to the podcast, be careful. Uh, don't, <laughs> don't go visit the friend's house on Sunday. Uh, Chris Waring, what are your two uh, football watching-wise? I believe I'm going to be watch it, uh, watching it at my mate's place with two of my good friends, Cameron Vella and Kirk Buckley, who are Parramatta fans. So um should be an interesting experience. Can we expect a similar video laced with expletives if the Panthers win? <laughs> <laughs> nah, not against Penrith. Uh, 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 yeah, everyone knows my f- maybe feelings about Penrith, so um, I'm just going to relish neutrality, as they say. <laughs> uh, Miles, uh, you mentioned that you might be able to get a, a screen in Barcelona. Have you have you since done any sort of research uh, during the podcast, or have you been very attentive? No, no work has been has been put into that during the podcast. Um, <laughs> Typically, I have been overseas for a few grand finals. Typically, there's usually like a, an Irish pub that would be showing it. So maybe seek out one of those if Barcelona has an Irish pub. But, um, yeah. So, I mean, if you've been to Barcelona and you're a listener, for, you know, you're in, being in this position, please let me know, guys. Yeah, let us know. Let's, let us know in the in the Facebook comments. Uh, that'll be fantastic. Or even just send us a message on Messenger. That'll be great. Uh, I'll pass it on to Miles for sure. Speaking of Irish pubs, uh, Kieran, you and the BE – you're not really pub goers so much these days, but you'll have a, an Irish pub flavor at home, surely. Uh, I'm actually dog sitting at a, at a, a friend's house. Um, shout out to to Mel and Alex. One of them is competing in the Melbourne Marathon this weekend, and the other is doing Kona, uh, the Kona Triathlon or Ironman rather. Um, wow. Shout out to them. Yeah, yeah. Um, my big one. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I'll let you guys know. I'll give you updates as it's going. Um, <laughs> No, so I'll, I'll be watching it there. So I'm hoping for a good game. Actually, shout out to my Arsenal as well. They're playing in the, the North London Diary the night before. So I'm really keen for that. No one cares. 
<laughs> no one cares about them. I'm only kid. Um, I will be watching it at home by myself because I am an extrovert. Guys, thank you very, very much for all, for all of your uh, thoughts and expertise. We have gone slightly longer, but it's always fun to go slightly longer when Miles brings up Lachlan Ilias. Uh, thanks, <laughs> thanks to all the listeners who are tuned in as well. Don't forget to don't forget to subscribe so you can enjoy some more Above the Horizontal next week for our grand final review. Until then... Above the Horizontal is brought to you by the Pioneer Australia. Find them on Facebook or at www.pioneeraustralia.wordpress.com. The panellists are Miles Stedman, Kieran Gibson and Daniel Friend. And it's hosted and produced by me, Bo Nicholson.